Clap for that, you stupid bastard. Who's gonna win it? The Celtics! I'll kidnap a thousand children before I let this company die! Wow! Yeah, I thought it was funny. 1-800-CALL-JOE The Playing Catch-Up Podcast Please clap. Welcome to the 11th episode of Playing Catch-Up. I am, once again, Brian Foisey, back at it again. And still, by the grace of God, we have joining us the incomparable, the magnificent... <laughs> the incomprehensible... Adele Dezim. <laughs> Miss Piggy. <laughs> no, say, say your name. Oh, Everett Beals. It's me. Yeah. I should have said... I should have just said Everett. This guy, huh? We have for your our, our regular fare. We have some headlines... We have some bozos. We're going to do a little bit of Celtics commentary. Well, I am, at least. I don't know if Everett's going to join me on that. He seems he seems troubled by the idea. Um, frankly, a little n- nauseous. It's eating me up inside. <laughs> it's All right, killing but first, me. First, we have our classic headlines. This week, on Thursday, beneath an oil painting of a slave plantation... Georgia Governor Brian Kemp signed into law the Election Integrity Act of 2021, which the New York Times has labeled the most extensive contract of voting access in generations. This move, which I find to be the political equivalent of tipping over the Monopoly board when the other guy put a hotel on Park Place, comes after Georgia turned blue in the presidential election and elected two Democratic senators. One of them was an African-American. When President Trump called Kemp and Rapsenberger earlier this uh, year and said, pretty please overturn the election results, the two apparently replied with, give me a couple months, sir. Remember two months ago when everyone was fawning over Brian Kemp and whatever that Rapsenberger guy was because they were reporting a crime that was happening to them? Imagine if Rachel Maddow and Anderson Cooper gushed on air over me reporting a criminal act. Today we marvel at Brian Foisey's great bravery when he yelled, Ouch! After getting shot. A true American hero. Doesn't Brian Kemp know that the voters that he's most upset aren't the kind he's shutting out with this bill? The our governor colluded with the Venezuelan government to put the devil in Bill Gates' Dominion voting machine crowd? They're still empowered with this bill. And to add insult to injury, Georgia State Representative Park Cannon was forcibly removed and arrested from the Georgia State Capitol after she knocked on the door where the bill signing was happening and attempted to watch the proceedings. Everett Beals, will this action inspire Congress to pass a new Voting Rights Act? We can only hope so. The first major legislation that the Biden administration got through, of course, was the American Rescue Plan, which some are calling, as we have said before, transformative. However, I feel like the great struggle of this first year we can hope a short amount of time, but may stretch into the great struggle of his entire career, uh, presidential career, that is, uh, may be working on the For the People Act and trying to pass it. Um, Democratic unity behind the bill is seemingly, you know, it's pretty much there, but as you, the usual suspects are are trying to preach the idea of bipartisanism, and by that they mean 
please hold on to it while I have a moment. And I'm thinking of our favorite man from West Virginia, our favorite senator, um, John Joe Denver. John Denver. God, I wish. Was he from um, West Virginia, or did he just sing about it? I don't think he was. And some people say that he was singing about Western Virginia and not actually the state of West Virginia, which yeah. is weird. Huh. But, yes, I can only <laughs> hope that we should embark... Congress should embark on a real opportunity to try and do this. They started hearings, you know. They're working on it, but it looks like a major obstacle, other than Republicans, or rather because of Republicans, is the filibuster. So we may have, they may have to go through several challenges if they're ever to pass the For the People Act, but it seems like it's the best thing that we got coming. I mean, not, not to step on your upcoming headline, but I think Biden sort of indicated that he's, you know, for um, eliminating the filibuster as well as, you know, he's strongly against these measures that have been passed in Georgia. Um, and I think that there is a sort of a mentality that um, as the White House goes, so goes the caucus. So um, I don't know. You can maybe expect our, our pals Kirsten and Joe to, you know, do something different here. But um, time will tell, I guess. That's right, Brian. Which leads us to our next story. That editorial reviews were mixed for President Joe Biden's first official press conference this Thursday, in which he fielded questions from a small number of reporters. In it, the president discussed COVID-19, the impacts of the American Rescue Plan, the use of the Senate filibuster, the migrant surge at the southern border, and announced his expectation to run in 2024. When asked whether he thought he would be running against former President Donald Trump, Biden replied, quote, Oh, come on. I have no idea if there will be a Republican Party. Do you? <laughs> Conservative media has largely panned the president for what they have labeled a scripted event, while others have praised the president's focus and attention to detail. Biden said, I was elected to solve problems, and the most urgent problems facing the American people were COVID-19 and economic dislocation. That's why all my focus was on them. Brian, outside of the media interpretations, what do you make of the White House's transparency and messaging to Americans now? Well, I think that, as often is the case, um, the media reaction on, on both sides um, is often, you know, uh, I don't know, hyperbolic, you could say, where, um, you know, the Fox crowd is saying... Um, this guy is totally scripted. He's, you know, only getting softball questions. Um, yeah, well, that sort of comes with the territory when you're a president who actually, you know, reads from the prompter, is comfortable um, delivering prepared statements, uh, doesn't feel the need to constantly, you know, um, make it the improv hour. Um, and I think that on the left, people are, you know, saying, wow, what an amazing performance. He was so competent and well-spoken. Like, isn't that what every president is supposed to do? I feel like the goalposts here are so um, strange where, you know, the expectations have been set so low for Biden that, you know, if he just walked out there and, like, sang a little song with his acoustic guitar and, you know, answered, like, one question then people would on the left would be like, that's amazing. And people on the right would be like, that's 
disgusting. That's the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, the truth often is in the middle of those two things. Um, it was, it did seem a little scripted. It did seem a little, you know, I don't know. Um, there weren't many questions about COVID, you know, rollout. The questions about the, um, you know, topics seemed to be like, um, they were trying to give Biden lines where he could, you know, I think one person was like, do you think that the filibuster is a relic of Jim Crow? And then Biden was like, I do think that the filibuster is a relic of Jim Crow. And everyone's like, amazing. Um, it's almost like the reporters were like, repeat after me, Biden. Say this, say this line that they want you to say. Um, so that is true. Um, he was also well-spoken. Um, but, you know, in the middle of that, um, I think is where we find the case where it wasn't amazing. It wasn't horrible. He didn't seem too scripted. He didn't seem too lively. Um, yeah, but I, I think that a lot of the goals that he's putting out are, you know, seem a little bit lofty and the things that he's saying seem a little bit aggressive. But that's sort of just, you know, our view of it from the usual snail's pace and pessimistic um, reporting that comes out of a lot of political uh, establishment where it's not like, yes, let's go after the filibuster. Yes, we'll be able to get 200 million vaccines in the first 100 days. Um, so it's a change of pace, I guess. Yes, yeah, certainly after the last administration, I don't think, I don't know, White House or federal government media can even return to any normal that was there before. And they, you know, the they're comparing normal. it to what, what, right, a new normal. They're comparing it to what was once expected. But I mean, I feel like they say this about everything that um, Trump did, President Trump did, but yeah, he really did just completely dismantle the way that White House press conferences work, and crazy. then he just and then he just stopped doing them. Um, but I think you know, based on or in reference to your previous headline, um, I thought it was pretty good that the president did come out um, completely, and he released a three-page statement about it too. The specifically the law in Georgia. There's lots of other. Um, voter restriction laws that have been implemented in other states so far, um, but he pretty seriously and um, firmly stood against it. I believe he called it un-American. Yeah. Uh, lots of other serious, you know, serious adjectives. Um, so overall, successful con. I'll move on to the next topic, Everett. Okay, is that fine with you? I think I can handle it. This Thursday was the NBA trade deadline. For non-basketball fans, the NBA trade deadline is the deadline for trades in the NBA. Um, some somewhat major moves were made, but the consensus is that none of the moves uh, move the needle all too far. A summary of some of the trades. Nikola Vucevic of the Orlando Magic was sent to the Bulls. Victor Oladipo of the Rockets was sent to the Heat. The Nuggets got Aaron Gordon from the Magic. Boston got Evan Fournier from the Orlando. But nothing else, really. Some of the most hyped trades pre-deadline day did not happen. Lonzo Ball, Kyle, Kyle Lowry, John Collins will all be staying put on their respective teams. Um, I think everyone's saying the Miami Heat were probably the, the team that mo- improved 
uh, the most, but other than that, everything is sort of staying the same. Everett, any thoughts on the trade deadline? Um, not really, but I do have a question. Uh, what? So it's a trade, right? So I, I saw that Boston received a new player. Mm-hmm. What did they trade to, to get him? Hmm. Do you know? Yeah, I know. Um, so Boston traded two second-round picks and okay. along, along with uh, Jeff Teague, who was, I think, the third-string backup point guard. Um to get Evan Fournier. Um, okay. I'm and, sure you'll be covering this more in the Parquet Points. Yes. The the upcoming Celtics topics. Um, yeah. Great. I, I, I just thought that... So, the things that I talked about were like... A major player went to this team. But it wasn't, it wasn't like... Major player for major player. It was a lot of... You know... Right. Four quarters for a dollar trades, you know. That kind of thing. You know, change. Nope. They're passing dollars and cents around. Yeah. Is someone knocking wow. on the okay. door? Okay. No, it was just a door closed, I think, very loudly. Oh, Jesus. Where the hell are you? Prison? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. A prison of the mind. <laughs> Sheesh! A mental prison of my own creation, one might say. Too true. Too, too true. Do you want to go now? Uh, please, I, I will. Please, <laughs> I will. Um, it, if it please, please the court, let me. <laughs> I will. <clears throat> Swallow all your spit, make sure. This Tuesday, the massive container ship ever given ran aground in the Suez Canal in <laughs> Wait, Egypt. what? blocking the highly strategic and economically important passageway through which much of the world's products pass through. Operators of the ship claim that they were pushed off course through the high winds in a uh, sandstorm, though Egyptian officials are now considering human error as a factor. You call BS on that? I call total poo-poo on that one. (laughs) Nice, buddy. Now, according to the New York Times, this delay is costing invested parties nearly $10 billion in trade each day. Wow. The ship is still stuck, though. Its rudder has been freed from the banks of the canal. Suez Canal authorities Suez. were hopeful for progress, though made no commitments on when the path would be clear again. One Twitter user wrote, Imagine being the captain of the first ship to pass through the Suez after it gets unblocked, and knowing that you have the potential to do the funniest thing that anyone has ever done ever. Brian Foisey, do you intend to do the same at the Songo Locks this year? Um, I, I, you know, I cannot confirm nor deny that this has happened before in the Songo Locks on a Foisey pontoon boat. Um, but, you know, this summer, you know, me and you heading over to Sebago, might as well... Grilling? Chilling? Might as well, you know, lodge the, lodge the orca right in there, you know? Yep, just stick it right up in there, and uh, I don't know how much trade we're going to stop from happening, but yeah. it'll be a little bit of frustrating, probably. I think people will be, me- will be mad, but I don't think they're going to lose any money. No, how does well... Like, how does something like this happen? Like, is the Suez... Isn't, shouldn't the Suez Canal, like, be big enough so that you don't... You can't get lodged in there? Apparently not. 
Make it bigger. It's a lot of land. To, well, it was to also dig built up. in like the 1800s, so it's probably not you know prepared they're for this. Concerned sort of thing. about they're most concerned about making it deep enough. Really, you got to make it super deep. You know, it's not easy being a canal operator. This is why I've always been in favor of um, thin trains, but deep uh, submarines that carry all the things that we need. I'm sorry. How? What? How so does this like, work? Submarine. It's like, the, it's like the length of a submarine, but like you can fit the same amount of volume of you know a, a freighter um, ship, like the one that's been like the Ever Given. So it's just really tall. It's really tall, but it's also thin. I don't think that physically works as well. Um, I don't think you've ever. It would be been a lot a of force on the front. It wouldn't. Have you ever have been a in a submarine? Trouble with have you ever been in a submarine? Have you ever been in a submarine? Yes, I have been in a submarine. Seriously. Not o- when it was submarine. Outside of Disneyland. <laughs> yes, outside of Disneyland. See, at, a real out, one. Out. Okay. Have you ever been in a in a in a submarine that do you mean have have i been in a submarine when it was submerged yes no i've been in the sub i've been in the uss albacore in portsmouth new hampshire though oh yeah yeah, yeah. of course you have everyone's, don't yeah me everyone's, it's a real everyone's thing. been on that field trip dude everyone and their mom it's like it's like saying I, I once was in a state park yeah so is everybody else, pal. It's a little more interesting than that. There's not a <laughs> there's not a submarine in every old state park, you know. One time I met Emerald Lagasse. That's the same thing. That's what you're saying right now. Doesn't make One you any more special. One time George H.W. Bush breezed past my table at the Village Tavern. What are you going to do about it, huh? One time um, Barbara Bush refused to call on me during a Q&A, but I thought she was calling on me. But she wasn't. She so was you started the talking anyway. Me. So I started talking anyway. I was gonna ask her what her favorite, um, what George's favorite book was to read when he was a kid, um, and she said, "No, not you." Wow, that must have was that a traumatizing experience. Yes, that you know really shaped a lot of my political ideologies. <laughs> not surprising, Brian. What's next, Everett? It's time for your second favorite moment of the week quick take have you got your you got your um self ready you've been practicing all they call week me, they call me mr hey, kids! you've been practicing that saxophone real high waiting for santa to give you a new one everybody out there been good that's not, not many, many not many, many. <laughs> <laughs> Claus is coming to town. Here's your first quick take. Everett, the Masters, one of the most prestigious events in the PGA Tour, you know, green jacket, all that jazz, you know that stuff, right? Yeah, I'm wise to that. Well, in light of the recent Georgia voter laws... Many are calling for the event to be moved or called off this year. Remember, the Masters is usually held in Augusta, Georgia, in protest of these new measures, and they're asking for players to boycott. The Masters typically isn't the type of event that we um, see getting moved around, but recently you've had events like the Rose Bowl, you know, prestigious um, 
you know, old guard events which are tied to a certain place get moved. Um, and the Rose Bowl, they just moved it, you know, because they wanted know, fans or whatever. Um, and the MLB Players Association is also considering a boycott of the All-Star Game, which is going to be held in Georgia this year. Tentatively held in Georgia this year. Everett, but back to the PGA. Everett, should the PGA do this? And should players boycott 30 seconds? What is your thoughts? As a golfer, which I totally am, super good at golf, um, and as someone who would be a contender for the Masters jacket, the coveted green jacket, my only answer can be yes. I mean, why not? I've never been to Augusta. It seems like an okay club, but I've who cares? I've always wanted to go. Right, the Rose Bowl was a cash grab, but this, I mean, it's this is a real issue. These guys, you know, Tiger Woods, once he gets better, he ought to move out of the tournament. <laughs> that was really bad. Because he's boycotting it. That was not... I, I guess I jumped in and freaked you out, so I'll give you... I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on that one, but... Can yeah. I reclaim my time? No. One second? Mm-mm. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Um, you... well, what? Hold on, hold on. What do you mean bad, Brian? The objective of this game is to see whether or not I can do it in 30 seconds. And if I mess up, then that's good for you. That's drama. <laughs> what's your problem? Similar to CNN and MSNBC, what's bad for the country is good for me. <laughs> exactly. National tragedy? Here comes the money. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. <laughs> money talks. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Um, yeah, I, I think that the Masters is very tied to Georgia. Um, you know, every year around this time, you see ESPN roll out commercials with the classic, um, uh, who's that guy? Ray Charles, um, Georgia on my mind, where they have these images of the sprawling, Masters Green, and it's like, Georgia! Um, right. But this year, it's it's not Ray Charles anymore. It's some woman who's like, Georgia! Georgia! And it's it's like a weird version of Georgia on my mind. Um, Everett, here's the next one. You, you know who Finally. Sydney, you know who Sidney Powell is, right? Uh, Sure. Well, for the listeners who don't know who Sidney Powell is, Sidney Powell was one of the lead lawyers for Trump's post-election cam- uh, campaign, or one might call it a scheme, to overturn the election results. Powell alleged all sorts of weird things, but most centered around the voting machines of Dominion. Well, following the election, Dominion sued Sidney Powell for $3 billion. Most people agreed that Dominion has a pretty solid case for libel, and Cindy Powell was going to find herself in some deep shit pretty soon. All of that until a brilliant stroke of legal defense. One might call it Johnny Cochran-esque. That's how good it was. Wow. It's up in the echelon of if the glove don't fit, you must acquit. Um, wow. Where Sidney Powell claimed in her defense that, quote, no reasonable person would conclude... That her words were, quote, truly statements of fact. Basically saying, you'd have to be a real dumbass to believe that shit I was saying. Everett, 
Were you one of the... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Everett, <laughs> what's the take on this? 30 seconds. Um, it reminds me of other things, perhaps what we were talking about last time, where sometimes you gotta take a, a little loss to, to win the... You gotta lose the battle to win the war. I think maybe, you know, that was in her head, but really she, you know, obviously this is this is an unfortunate event for our darling pal. And, um, you know, it just sounds really stupid. I, I think that's obvious. I don't need to tell our listeners, love you to death, that, you know, it's just pretty dumb. Like, don't believe me? Okay, I won't. Uh, 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 uh. That's, that was a little bit better. But again, you know. When you fall down, I fall up. Kick me when I'm down, buddy. I stand tall when you fall down. In fact, you know what? You know what? Dirty Laundry, that whole song is about that. So It's about the media looking for a juicy story and not caring about what really happened, Brian. Kind of like when I got sold on the idea that the Masters was about slave masters. Yeah. Kick them when they're up, kick them when they're down. It's, can we... It's, can we see the operation is the head dead yet is the line, actually. And finally, Everett. Yep. The Boston Celtics... Recently Loving acquired Evan Fournier from the Orlando Magic. We've already talked about this. Great. He's probably going to be a great bench addition for us and fill Gordon Hayward's Good. shoes to some extent. Do you have your computer ready? Uh, yeah, I guess. Okay. Fournier tweeted Thursday to his new fans in Boston, quote, Hi, Celtics fans. If you're not familiar with me, please Google my last name. You're welcome. And then he added a little shamrock emoji. That was kind of cool. Everett, could you please Google Fournier, spelled F-O-U-R-N-I-E-R, and then in 30 seconds, give us your take on what it is. Um, okay, I'm, I'm... I'm, all I'm looking at is actually, unfortunately, just pictures of Evan Fournier. But... No, keep From scrolling. Keep see, scrolling. I, I see that it's gangrene. Of the what? Um, of the scrotum. <laughs> Are you ready? Okay, that's... Yeah, I'm ready. Don't go to images. I won't. 30 seconds. Here you go. You know what? In years, the Boston Celtics have been looking for the thing they need most, a funny man. (laughs) And finally, in Evan Fournier, they have it. In looking up his last name, I found the funniest tweet I ever saw with my own two eyes. Goodness gracious, oh my gosh, gangrene of of the scrotum. (laughs) Evan, that's funny. You totally got all those friggin' Bostonians. They're gonna be puking out their donkeys. That was perfect. That was great. Hilarious. Yeah. I um, made the mistake of Googling it and then going to mi- images. The wow. things I've seen, I will never unsee. You know what I also found? I've done a, actually a lot of research into this topic. Um, Fournier 
Fournier's gangrene, as it's called. You know who a famous um, victim of this disease is? No, who? One Harvey Weinstein. Really? Yes. Accusers during the Me That's Too, too bad. during the Me Too scandals uh, said that um, um, that his penis was so disfigured, they were not sure whether or not um he was um male, or you know they didn't know what gender he was, sex he was I guess. So he was disgustingly gangrenous. <laughs> Goodness. Isn't that weird? It's a little bit strange, Brian. Let's not linger here. Let's actually take a break. Great song, but let's move on. I guess that leads us to... To what? Everett's favorite moment of the week. Oh, I love this moment. Hopefully yours, too. (laughs) What are you doing? What? What are you doing? What am I doing? Everett's checked out. He's done. Oh, I was looking at a map. I I was just looking at the campus of Notre Dame when you were talking. Everett's a liability on on the court. I wasn't paying attention when you were talking. Giannis is going to dunk on you, and it's going to be silly. About time he did, too. (laughs) You deserve it. I have it coming. All right. Balls of the week. Should I sing the song? I don't want to. No, I already sang it earlier. You really want me to sing it? Who will be the bozo? The bozo. Of the week. week. Everett. What? I have some nominees for you. You better. You are Bozo. First one. Rap, rapid fire. Bring them out. I want to see them. First one, Brian Kemp. Him. You know you. You already know who Brian Kemp is. Brian Kemp is the uh, governor of Georgia, recently signed that thing we were talking about. Uh, not good. I don't like him. Bozo. Boom. Boom. Bozo. Bozo. You are Bozo. Um, Next. Second, boom. You just got Bozo. Second nominee, the captain of the, um, what is it called? Ever Given? The ship that is currently The Evergreen Ever Given. Now. Yes. You are Bozo. Um, kind of a Bozo move, if you ask me. Um, I don't think a non-bozo would, uh, get a ship lodged in the Suez Canal. Bozo move! You are a bozo! If you Boom! Bozo! We're just flying through these. Sydney Powell is our next bozo. You are a bozo! Big bozo. We've already talked about her on this episode, in the quick take. Sydney Powell, uh, you know, calling her fans idiots, basically. Um, yeah, uh, Bozo! <coughs> bozo. You are a Bozo. And our final Bozo nominee, Tillman Fertitta. Whom? He is the, um, Til- Tillman Fertitta. I doubt you know who Well, he is. tell me. He is the owner of, he is the owner of the Houston Rockets and is in some ways involved in, you know, their trades, acquisitions, that sort of thing. Everett Beals, you may remember earlier this uh, year, earlier this NBA season, James Harden was traded from the Rockets for a, a great haul at that time. A bunch of players who were, you know, solid, um, and a bunch of picks. Um, not great picks, as we talked about on the show. Um, they, you know, 
probably aren't going to amount to anything amazing because, um, you know, they're all from the Brooklyn Nets and they're probably going to be really good for the foreseeable future. Um, so there's that. The Rockets received Jared Allen and uh, Karis LeVert, who they then flipped. Um, they flipped Jared Allen to the Cleveland Cavaliers and they flipped Karis LeVert to Indiana and they got Victor Oladipo back. If you remember Everett, they just traded Victor Oladipo to the Heat uh, in return for Kelly Olynyk and Avery Bradley. So, in the end, the Houston Rockets are now left with Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and a bunch of picks in return for a generational superstar, probably the greatest scorer in NBA history, multiple-time MVP, it seems, a leader for the MVP this year, um, and all they have to show for it is Kelly Olynyk and Avery Bradley. Sounds like a terrible deal. Move if you ask me. Tillman Fertitta also wrote a book called Shut Up and Listen. Um, it's like guides to being a great executive. Um, yeah, kind of a bad, kind of a bozo book title if you ask me. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's just called Shut the Fuck Up. All right, those are our nominees. Everett. Take your pick, whatever. Brian Kemp, captain of the Evergreen of our given. Sidney Powell, Tillman Fertitta. I so vehemently dislike governors on the East Coast. Except for Janet Mills. Um, And frankly, I think we have to, I would have to award it to another governor. What about, what about? No. What about Massachusetts governor? Charlie Baker. Do you like him? Yeah, he's okay. Like I like, I mean, Chris Nunu isn't terrible. What's their governor of Vermont? Pat Murphy? He's okay. Charlie Baker has the highest um, approval rating of any governor in the United States. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. He, he's not bad at his job. He's pretty good. He's just conservative enough for the conservatives. He's just liberal enough for the liberals. He's the right kind of moderate. Perfect. Like a real one. And we sh- we should, he should run for president. He would be the best Republican to run for president. But I don't think the party would support him. He's simply too liberal. Anyway, mm. you know what? Considering what we have, Sidney Powell, I mean, whatever. That doesn't make her a bozo. It's just, well, actually, that is more fitting to the bozo title. Because it's not straight up evil. It was just stupid. Um... You know, maybe we should think about that when we consider who is and isn't a bozo. But um, who's Houston Rockets guy? What is the letter of the bozo law? Right. Tillman Fertitta? Or Brian Kemp? I mean... Shut up and listen. We had this, we had this argument last time. We're talking about the, the, the traditions. We have this argument every and time. And what constitutes a bozo, which is tough. But that's just the way is the, the world bozo works. constitution a living document or or is are it... we strict bozo constructionists? What did the founders, who are us, mean when they wrote, <laughs> "Let's have a bozo <laughs> moment"? We... I don't know. What did we intend when we did this like a month ago? Here's what I'll say: My vote is going to Brian, and that's it. Now. Walk me through what you're thinking. 
Um, <laughs> like you said, I think I think bozo. Like, what is a bozo? I think when I think bozo, I think somebody who's been you know caught in the act doing something stupid, or someone who is doing something stupid and is not you know getting and they keep uh, being much punishment, right. getting much flack for it. Yes, worth and it's They're you know it can range. I think really from dumb. like hand in the cookie jar to to Cuomo, but like yeah. he's the king of the bozos. So if you bring in someone. Who's really just doing something bad for the sake of it? I mean, yeah, I think we can all agree that Brian Kemp is a you know not a great guy. Like I don't like what he did here. Right, but um, maybe giving him the bozo award that, is a misnomer. Maybe it lets him off scot free. I think free. giving him the, I think giving him the bozo award is actually a little. Um, I think it. Maybe it re- it's not big it reduces enough. the crime. It it, it 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 marginalizes it. It's it's diminutive. Because being a bozo is bad. Like nobody wants to be caught being a bozo. No. God but, no. But you know, it's not that bad that you It's know. not, you know, Hitler was not a bozo. I don't think Kemp is Hitler. No, I'm just I'm going all the way. I'm going all the way up the line. Uh, do you see what I'm doing well, here? Have you ever seen what, what Hitler intended to do after the war? Yes. Like, he was just like, I want to build, like, the biggest buildings ever. Yeah. And they're going to look really, really weird. Yep. Um, I think that's kind of a bozo move, specifically that. It's just like... Oh, okay, okay, buddy. <laughs> You're going to erect giant... Buildings, literally giant. That's a bit much, don't plan. you think? You have the whole world, and what you're going to do now is just build the biggest things you can? I don't know, man. Okay, so with what we're saying, what what I'm saying, what you're saying, I think we're on the same page. Brian Kemp's offense, which you've listed here, is simply too large, too grave, too serious. <laughs> To be awarded the Bozo Award, and if we were to, mm-hmm. we would lose our integrity as journalists and as as an awards committee. Yes. So maybe I we need to look for someone who fits the title a little better. The Bozo Award is obviously comedic, although you don't want to be a Bozo, um, you know. No, not ever. God, no. So that, does that mean that we should have given it to Cuomo for all of what he did? Hey, what the the past is past, okay? It's gone. And we But we're not gonna act upon precedent? Well, I mean, what's the what's the Latin for that? Uh uh Supreme Court precedent Latin. It is uh you know, are do we use stare decisis? I don't know. <laughs> are are do you subscribe to stare decisis? I do if we're talking about the court system, but you know, partially. But I think we should um, question whether or not us giving Cuomo the Bozo of the Week was just us, you know. Bozo of the Week is the, you know, the worst thing we can give someone. Right. You know, but it's not what they deserve. No. They deserve worse. 
Maybe but in doing you know, that, we, we ourselves became bozos. <laughs> so really, we should be giving ourselves the bozo of the week here. Sometimes it's what needs to happen. Maybe we should make this a little less serious next time, and just, like, somebody who did something dumb. Like, like a Jerry of the Day the situation. Of the, uh, uh, yes. Like the captain of the Evergreen Ever Given, or Tillman for TV. Okay. Like, nobody's you getting killed. You know what? Killed. Let me amend no my statement. I'm ready to amend what I said, okay? New, not, new selection. The situation in the Suez is deeply comedic, and I think I gotta give it to the captain and operating crew of the Ever Given. After reviewing the constitution of the Bozo moment, I feel like it's only proper to give it to this hilarious situation. That's just me. After review, the call on the field does not stand. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'd call that a pretty bozo move. Um, but I think Tillman Fertitta is what you would call an archetypal bozo, but not someone who has broken any laws. So we're going to have a hung bozo here. Um, we're gonna... <laughs> That's funny. We have not... We have not reached a consensus. Maybe we should have an odd number of hosts in the future. We really so do need a third this. person. We should really bring in Grant. Yeah. Or maybe, like, a fun thing, like a rotating series of hosts. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. You know, I, um, I switch out, you bring someone funny in, I come back... Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, 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 but I'm saying a rotating series of third hosts. Oh. You're not getting out of this, Everett. You bring Will Schechter in, you bring Will Schechter out, bleep his name there, it'll be funny. You bring Will Foisey in, you bring Will Foisey out. That'd be really funny, add a bleep so we don't hear his name yet, it'll be hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Fine. It's a hung, um, it's a hung bozo, we'll leave it at that. It's a hung bozo, but we'll give half a bozo to the captain of the Ever Given and half a bozo to Tillman. Split Fertitta. it right down the middle. All right. I think we've found a new way to constitute bozo of the week. Um, should we even call it an epic bozo moment? No, I think I still want to hear Mikey say, that was an epic bozo moment. That's Mr. Foisey to you. That's Mr. Foisey. I'm sorry. Maybe I'll have him record something. That was a lackluster bozo moment. That would be funnier. <laughs> okay, I'll find a way to do that. Insert here. That bozo moment bored the pants off me. All right, Everett. I think that wraps up our segment. Sure does. Um, you know, have a great week. Pleasure talking you, with you, Everett, Brian. And all of our listeners. Audio listeners, love you the, to death. Thanks for coming out. Um, God bless David Fithian. God bless the May city God of Worcester. Clark University. <laughs> and long, long live President Fithian. David Fithian. <laughs> Supreme Allied Commander. God Emperor. David Fithian. <laughs> God among men. Human specimen. David Fithian. All right. Take care. Who will be releasing a new book. <laughs> Shut up and listen. Yes! That will be hilarious. <laughs> Tips and tricks. It will tricks be part of the curriculum. Being... 
all first year students have to read I, it and then write an essay. I think that's what or I think that's something that Oral Roberts would do. Oh. Like he would make his students read all of Oral Roberts's books on the world and have no other like. Thank God for this Oral Ra- Roberts reference, because no one's gonna get to listen to the Oral Roberts episode. Don't make reference to that. The the, hit, the hidden project. <laughs> kind of like Walt Disney's original vision for Epcot. Exactly. We will never have monorails just, that can take me around a ring, a circular city. It's not going to happen. It was just too ambitious. It was too ambitious. It wasn't a work in Florida. <laughs> that was your last thought. Not to get on a tangent here as we're closing out the episode, but, you know, you're dying, you got lung cancer, you have this amazing entertainment career, and your final thought, your final project is, I'm going to build the city of tomorrow. Yeah, I think that's a great project. The only problem is what Walt Disney didn't consider was alligators. They love to, uh, to eat. And also the fact that an entertainment company really should not be dealing with city planning. No, but they did it anyway. Like the, <laughs> like the Imagineers, like couldn't handle that sort of stuff. No, they they couldn't. I mean, they can handle a lot, but like, the wisdom of the nine old man only stretches so far. That's true. The <laughs> the seven dwarves' knowledge only goes. Can you? Can you imagine Tim Tracker walking around in the sprawling metropolis? He would move to Epcot. Epcot. He would move to Epcot. Come on. I think we would have all been living in an Epcot at some point if Walt Disney, you know, had his way. You know, in a few years, they'll put his head onto a robot, and then we can finally live in Epcot. (laughs) Finally figure out what the hell he was talking about. Exactly. But he he was so consumed by Epcot at the end. But his final words were Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. This is a this is a man working on several things. Right, and his thoughts drift to Kurt Russell, and then he's gone. Yeah, it's almost like Kurt Russell killed him. Kurt Russell's a little bit too powerful. It's almost like um, remember um. What was his name? Russell Krosif. Yeah. God's cousin. Sure. In the happening. Oh show. yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, you remember. That was funny. That's a hilarious bit. Um. Okay. Finally, this episode is over. Bye bye. Bye. Not merely by the example of our power, but by the power of our example.